Welcome to the Nonlinear Library, where we use text-to-speech software to convert the best writing from the rationalist and EA communities into audio. This is, The Challenge of Articulating Tacit Knowledge, published by Ninar on May 31, 2023 on Less Wrong. I enjoy eating high-quality baked goods. When visiting a new place, I often spend many hours walking around town, scouting out the best bakeries. In London, where I live, I have explored the whole city, trying to find the best pain au chocolat, Jolene, seeded sourdough loaf, E5, babka, margot, banana bread, violet, cheese pretzel, sourdough sofia, and many other specific things. By now, I can take one glance at a bakery or cafe, in person or online, and be confident whether or not their baked goods will be to my taste before trying them. However, I'm not good at explaining my flash judgments on bakeries or helping others improve at bakery quality prediction. Why? This is an example of the more general problem of communicating tacit knowledge and intuitions. Whether explaining what makes good writing, teaching someone to cook well, or describing how to look for mathematical proofs, it is challenging to articulate the many heuristics and automatic thought processes that build up after sufficient experience and deliberate practice. However, it's not worth abandoning attempts to communicate such things altogether. Succeeding can significantly accelerate another's skill development, reducing the need for time-consuming trial and error approaches. To this end, the first stage is acknowledging why you're having trouble articulating some knowledge. Then, once you have identified why you cannot easily verbalize your tacit knowledge, there are various strategies you can use to overcome the barrier, that is, if you decide you want to do so. I broadly break down why sharing tacit knowledge is hard into six categories, complexity, linguistic constraints, the curse of knowledge, personal context dependence, fear of criticism, and automaticity. Complexity. Tacit knowledge often involves a complex combination of heuristics, variables, and computations that may be challenging to convey succinctly. For instance, a seasoned paramedic responding to a critical situation will rely on many cues, such as the patient's breathing patterns, skin color, heart rate, and subjective symptoms, to quickly diagnose the problem and provide immediate care. This paramedic's ability to rapidly assess and react to the situation comes from years of hands-on experience and intuition developed over countless emergencies. Conveying this intricate skill set to a novice paramedic is challenging due to the many variables involved. To overcome the challenge of complexity, it can be effective to break down the knowledge into smaller subcomponents. This approach could involve narrating specific instances where you used your intuition or skill to decide, providing concrete examples of how the process works. For example, the experienced paramedic could start by sharing basic cues they look for in common emergencies such as heart attacks or strokes. They could describe the specific indicators they observe, like facial drooping, arm weakness, and speech difficulties in stroke victims, or chest pain, shortness of breath, and nausea in heart attack victims. They could also detail how they gather these observations quickly and systematically when arriving on the scene of an emergency. Linguistic constraints. Some forms of tacit knowledge are nearly impossible to articulate in language. For example, describing how to ride a bicycle to someone else in words is problematic because this knowledge is deeply ingrained in our motor skills rather than simply expressed in words. To overcome linguistic constraints, one must often show, not tell via demonstrations, visuals, and hands-on experience. For instance, teaching someone to ride a bicycle requires less talk and more physical demonstration and guided practice. The curse of knowledge. The curse of knowledge is a cognitive bias that occurs when an individual assumes other individuals have similar backgrounds and depth of knowledge to understand what they are trying to communicate. For instance, a physics professor might struggle to explain quantum mechanics to a layperson as they may start explaining concepts in terms of other concepts the person still doesn't understand. 
Overcoming the curse of knowledge requires a conscious effort to simplify the explanation and to place oneself in the learner's shoes. Communicators should employ simple language, metaphors, and analogies to which the learner can relate. Remembering what it was like to first learn about something can also help you empathize with the learner. Personal context dependence. Some forms of tacit knowledge are highly dependent on personal properties. For example, a salesperson might have a unique way of engaging customers that works brilliantly due to their charisma and capacity for empathy. Even if they accurately describe their approach to another salesperson, someone else could struggle to use this knowledge due to the lack of particular personal qualities. Addressing personal context dependence requires extracting the core principles that are universally applicable, independent of interpersonal differences. In the case of the salesperson, they can emphasize the importance of robustly good things such as listening to customers, being polite, and showing enthusiasm. Fear of criticism. A person might use uncomplicated heuristics to solve a problem but hesitate to share them out of fear of criticism or that others may view the approach negatively. For example, suppose an HR manager uses cues like body language, speech patterns, or attire to assess potential employees beyond their formal credentials. They may fear sharing this tacit knowledge, even if the approach achieves good results, as others could perceive it as superficial or discriminatory. Ensuring a high trust, open environment can help overcome the fear of criticism. Thinking about why you expect a decision-making strategy to be criticized and how to describe it in a way less likely to offend could also enable you to transmit the knowledge more safely. Automaticity. Repeated practice can cause some reasoning processes to become automatic to the extent that we are unaware of all the steps we follow to achieve a goal. For example, consider the process of driving a car. Experienced drivers navigate numerous tasks like steering, shifting gears, using indicators, checking mirrors, and responding to traffic signals almost instinctively. This ability involves a network of reflexive, interconnected knowledge that may be difficult to communicate verbally, especially to someone who has never driven before. Automaticity can be particularly challenging to deconstruct due to the unconscious nature of our automatic reasoning processes. However, we often identify influences on our decision-making process through introspection. Furthermore, employing counterfactual thinking, imagining alternate scenarios and our potential responses to them, can assist us in deciphering the heuristics or mental shortcuts we deploy without conscious deliberation. For example, a basketball player's free throw appears automatic but involves several subconscious calculations like distance gauging, power application, and angle determination. However, introspection with mindful practice and focus on each component can help players identify influential habits that affect their performance. So, back to bakeries, why do I struggle to convey the intuitions that enable me to pass accurate judgment on the quality of bakeries quickly? Complexity, when I assess the storefront or website of a bakery, I use a bunch of heuristics related to their decor, use of fonts, design style, etc., to decide whether the establishment looks promising. These heuristics are difficult to convey succinctly because they involve many conditions. For example, first, I roughly bucket the bakery into an approximate category, international specialty, local rustic French, high-end French, Scandi modern, hipster, Jewish bakery, each resulting in different aesthetic expectations. This is further augmented by location. For example, I expect good bakeries in central London to have much more well-thought-out branding than those in rural France, which I expect to look quite generic. Linguistic constraints, I use my sense of smell a lot when assessing bakeries in person, and this is particularly difficult to convey with language as we generally lack good words for describing smells. The curse of knowledge, I can sometimes forget that most people don't have a basic understanding of relevant terms such as sourdough, laminated pastry, stone ground, or viennoiserie. Personal context dependence, my training data on baked goods is a map from bakery to how the product tasted, 
where the latter is very personal. People have different tastes, and it just happens that my preferences in baked goods match quite closely with those of traditional food critics. For instance, I appreciate fancier artisanal sourdough bread much more than cheap supermarket sliced loaves, whereas some people have the opposite preference. I also prefer high-quality cake ingredients like natural vanilla, good-quality butter, etc. Thanks for listening. To help us out with the Nonlinear Library or to learn more, please visit nonlinear.org.